Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right. This is episode number 143. Nice. Is it? Yeah. No. Yes, 143. 143. It's been verified and checked. Yes, d- double checked, actually. Triple checked. Quadruple checked. We recounted and then flipped a coin and, six times. <laughs> and, and, uh, and made sure all the hanging shads were gone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, how are you, John? I'm doing good. That's I'm doing cool. good. It's, the, uh, it's been quite a week, Chris. It has been. This week, uh, we are talking about... Uh, Pride? Pride and Prejudice. And Prejudice. And Zombies. And Zombies. Yes. We reviewed that earlier this week. It was pretty good. Those are the so three we'll talk coolest about that later. things yeah. that are out there, Chris. Mm-hmm. There is Pride, Prejudice. No, no, that's not... None of those things are... Other than Zombies... Well, I guess even zombies. If I mean, if there was real zombies, they're not that cool. Like that wouldn't be cool for the world what to be you, just. What are you talking about? John? I don't know. I said that they were the three coolest things. Oh. And then I'm just backtracking on all of that statement. Yeah, that's not true at all. Uh, so, uh, but we're gonna talk about that later. Um, but first, we're going to just uh, shoot the breeze. <laughs> shoot, shoot the breeze. Well, we've also got another thing to talk about. We do have another topic to talk about. We're gonna talk about the witness, Jonathan Blow, and. Piracy and piracy. Yeah, on the high seas. So, John, what have you been up to this week? Also, the low seas. I, so, there's the high seas. Is there is like a low seas and like a, a median seas? You know, like a, like a medium sea. Well, I, don't, I don't. I don't know. Do, you don't, don't know, know the answer to these know questions. The to this. Oh man, I, I need to need to find out, Chris. I and these are burning questions in my mind. I need to need to find the answer to. This, this is bothering you. Uh, this is bothering me. So, Chris, this week. I uh, have done something that I've been thinking about doing for like a long time. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and so I'm going to lay this out there. I started watching The X-Files. Whoa. The Isn't pilot. like 20 years old? Episode two. Yeah, it's really old. <laughs> episode two. <laughs> and, is this uh, on uh, Netflix? This is on both Netflix and on Hulu. Like Hulu, the reason it came up, like the reason it came up is like Hulu is actually airing a new season. This like season, ah. the, like the new season. They've uh, they've basically this, this is just a kind of a, like a standalone a television event, like a mini series kind of a series of episodes they're releasing. And uh, and so I was like, oh. I have never watched the X Files. I used to used to like the you know the old alien thing. I remember like so now watching it, Chris. Mm-hmm. There were shows that that we've watched that were clearly influenced by the X Files. Oh, really? Like what? Um, so the first one that springs to mind is that's so weird on Disney Channel. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, it's basically like a teen version. You watched a lot more of that than I did. Yes, it's basically a teen version of X-Files. And then also, there was a, a, a whole like three or four episodes of the, the show Jag on CBS. Yeah. That was basically a... Uh, it, it was it was it was paying homage to the X Files, or, or or it was very um, UFO kind of oriented. And you remember yeah. those episodes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. But it was basically like that. That's episode two of the X Files. Nice, which is really funny. Um, anyway, but yeah. So I, I started watching the X Files, catching up, Chris, on my television from the last twenty years. That's cool. From the last twenty years. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. So you and I don't normally talk a lot about like our uh, our our non-entertainment jobs, <laughs> like 
think I our guess. day jobs. Our day jobs. Yeah. I was, well, I was trying to figure out a good way to describe it. But anyway, so. But, the jobs that we do during the daylight hours. Yeah. But this <laughs> this last weekend, um, I got the chance to uh, to run audio for a, uh, a video um, of Macklemore. And yeah. Ryan, and Ryan Lewis. So was this a, what exactly is the video? Is it like a uh, following them on, on a tour? Was it a like, what exactly is it? Is it a music video? It's like a, it's like a commercial that'll, that'll air in um, Australia. Nice. Um, and, uh, but I got to, uh, to boom him, to, uh, to meet him. Um, By boom him, you cool. mean hold the boom microphone. The boom. Yeah. 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 And as in meet him, I mean say hi. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if like a boom was like a, a fist bump. Oh, uh, no. And I'm just out, clearly out no, no, of the no. loop. I'm holding a microphone. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and uh, I got to go to two, two shows, one here in Nashville, one in Louisville. And, That's awesome. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Dude. That's awesome. How were the shows? Were the they, shows were amazing. They fun? <laughs> Fantastic shows. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I, I, I love Macklemore. Awesome. Yeah. The, uh, uh, the musicians were amazing. They had, yeah. they had a lot of horn players. The dancers were amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just a great show. Just, just a wild time. Yeah. Just a yeah. great show. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, okay. though. Well, I, I, next time he comes to town, Chris, I'm going to make a point to just make this happen. That's really all I've been up to. Yeah. Other than... Other than? The Division. The Division. Oh, my gosh, Chris. <laughs> so, this is the first to- thing topic we're going to talk about this week. Right. All right. Do we have any kind of like topic uh, music? Uh, we have like stay on topic, but usually that's stay for uh, usually that's for like right. Um, right. We'll uh, we'll do that later. Was, okay. Okay. All right. So, but right now we're talking about the division. This is just what we've been up to. Yes. So you and I both played the division beta quite a bit last we, weekend. Yeah, we got together with. Um, actually, you played a lot more than me. But yeah, uh, the uh, we got together with a couple friends and uh, took, took on the dark zone. It's true. Took on the one single player mission that they had available, both it's on true. on easy and on hard or normal and hard, whatever it is. Correct. And uh, did a lot of collectibles throughout the world oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. Which okay, so Chris, I got to the point on this game like within the first night. Like yeah. I guess it was maybe into the second night where I was like I think I'm going to buy this game. Like, I'm like, I'm, I really am intrigued by what's going on in this game. I really am thinking that I'm going to buy it. Like I was, I was like 95% sure that I was going to buy it. And thinking about it now, I probably should have stopped playing then (laughs) because like none of the progress carries over. And it's like, but, but what would happen is, um, various friends that we play online with would get on and be like, Hey, you want to play the division? I haven't played it very much. And then like, mm-hmm. I would get in with them and it's like somebody else would be like, Hey, I, I want to play the division. And I hop in with them. And, and, uh, and so by the end of it, it was like, I'd played with, with a lot of different people and everybody was really having a good time. Um, but I'd played like a decent chunk of that game. Like I basically, I think I did the, uh, the one single player mission like four times. And I think I had been into the dark zone and had spent a lot of time in the dark zone. Uh, in fact, one night was basically just all dark zone, um, where we would just kind of be running around extracting. So Chris, you actually played the alpha of this game, correct? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so from all of this experience that we've had with this game, do you want to talk about it a little bit? Like talk about, you know, are you going to pick it up? Yeah. So this is the thing. So, um, I don't know what necessarily what I was expecting from this game. Yeah. Um, but so I guess maybe discuss like what is the division too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of what I'm going into. So cool. I, I don't know what what I expected, uh, but this is not what I was expecting. Really? Well, like, it, 
we never really knew exactly what's going on in this game in terms of like what are the, what is it going to offer in terms of gameplay. Right, because um, we've, we've heard a lot about like the setup and the story. Yeah, um, where the like a pandemic has hit New York City yeah. on the day after Thanksgiving, so it's like a Christmas kind of uh, thing with uh, winter stuff. Right, supposedly uh, lots of uh, weather effects and things, and they kept pitching it as like an RPG kind of shooter. Right, right, right. Well, this and, well, and okay, so yeah. Um, they pitched it as that, and it's like, okay, that's fine. Um, and they said it has this massive story or whatever like that in terms of, or like just cool story, backstory and stuff like that. But um, I think back to, you know, like we've been burned in the past by things like Titanfall. True. And Destiny. True. And even things like Evolve. And it's just like where, True. like, yeah, you say there's this huge story and backstory and universe and world, but like there's not enough story here. And um, unless I'm just completely wrong, you know, like it seems like, you know, right off the bat, you jump in kind of, I think after probably like maybe the, the first, like the setup, the prelude to the right. uh, the actual game. I think and, the front of the beta actually said they had cut out like the, the initial scene, like the first scene, like the first cut scene or whatever. Well, I think it was probably more than that, but yeah, like that's basically what's happening. And so like, but the, the first single player mission, like you, you basically, you, you show up in New York um, you're there to help rebuild a base. You're basically the, the crazy thing is like you're the second wave of division agents to go in. That's right. And uh, you kind of just learn that just through osmosis. Like in like a weird conversation that I had with one of the characters in the game. Like there was a, there's someone who was just kind of standing in the base and I, I asked her, I basically said, oh, give me an update of what's going on. She's like, oh, uh, sure, you're the uh, second wave of, uh, of, of division agents. And sure, the first wave had more support than you and had more technology and, and things were far better for them. <laughs> and they failed. Yeah. But you're going to do far better now. Like that was basically the gist of the conversation. It was this big, long conversation that, that, that I was having. But it was like, man, that's wild, Chris. Yeah. So like the number one, so it's it's even more like it's not even right after the disaster. It's it's just happened. I I don't remember how long since the disaster. I don't know if it even said in the beta. Um and and so it was really cool. Like okay, like okay, we're jumping in there. Um, you're there. You like you are trying to rebuild the base, and there's like three different wings of the base. There's like the medical side. There's That's the right. security side. There's the uh, what was the other one? Uh, Weapons or something like that. I think it was uh, like technology or something like that. Yeah, technology and then like the the armory, right? Whatever it was called. Anyway, um, we could only ha- we only had access to the medical side. One mission in the medical side. Yeah, and only two upgrades. You could only really upgrade the uh, the medical side twice, um, which was interesting because like that was a weird mechanic where you don't necessarily upgrade your character in order to uh, to get better skills or get new like learn new things. You upgrade these, I guess areas and wings of your base well not in that situation so like you know the, the way yeah the way that it works is like you upgrade you know the medical side of the the base and then you have access to two to two new uh basically perks um not perks they didn't call them perks but they were abilities right two abilities and um uh one of them is um basically like a grenade another one is like or was that the other was, one? Wait, well, wait, there was like a was... grenade launcher, but then there was also a uh, a healing one, like where you would be able to. Uh... No, I'm thinking, no, I'm talking about the 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 top of the 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 medical one. There was the um, uh, I think it was the the radar. Right, that's right. And yeah, then yeah. the next one down was a healing right thing. And then I think wasn't there a shield of some kind or something? Yeah, like that? so you could upgrade yeah, and do a uh, like an arm shield, and uh, you would do like a handgun and like a uh, an assault shield kind of 
And so that's really the only upgrades to your character you can make. But like you start looking through the menus that are just blocked off and not accessible in the beta, and like it's right. super, they have a super super deep um, upgrade system, upgrade yeah, skill then- tree. Um, that like if you go into different abilities, you can then craft or no, sorry, not not craft. Um, you can then mod those abilities right. uh, to have like. I don't even know, like a, a crazy number of different attributes, um, different uh, different skills. It's crazy. Yeah, dude. I mean, and then not only that, you have like weapons and weapon mods. Like whenever right. you're picking up, like I was picking up lots of stuff in the dark zone and lots of stuff that I just didn't even use because well, it was just like, oh, I don't know what I would do with this. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like, you know, it's an RPG in the fact that you're just looking for the next better weapon. Like as you get new weapons and all that kind of stuff, um, you just throw the other ones away or so you have the option to either dismantle them for parts, right. which you can then used to craft new things which is crazy right and then which uh, was not uh you couldn't craft anything in the uh in the beta right and then you could uh you could turn it in to sell it to a vendor for for money to buy more stuff and so like just that aspect is like man that's gonna be really really cool like do i want more money to buy this one gun or do i want to craft this thing over here and right um eventually there will be player trading in the game it's not going to launch with it but they've still promised like it's still coming um it's going to happen in a post-release um update and uh and so it was it was really cool just kind of like getting a feel for the world getting a feel for the guns the thing i really liked you know i i compared this a lot to destiny as i was playing it just because it's an open world yeah it's kind of like an mmo um has rpg elements they both do and so i was comparing it to destiny a lot and a lot of the the differences i'm like i really really like you know for instance i think the biggest one is the fact that um it doesn't seem like the division is going to cause me to want to hoard weapons constantly right where it doesn't give this you know ak-47 that you just picked up a story and a name and like specific perks that like only it has or whatever and then also like the other thing uh, about destiny that i liked about this one rather than with destiny is like the diversity of what you can do with your character like each, each skill tree like even within the uh the perks of the game um, that we were playing the beta where you could only really do three or four things. Yeah. Each one was very different from the other and right. for very different purposes. Like sometimes you would run around with this like right. grenade launcher and, but then you couldn't really heal yourself. Well, I think the big difference is, you know, like in destiny, once you, you pick a class, you're locked into it and this right. you're not necessarily like, yeah, you have to spend like skill points or whatever you have to do to unlock right. them. Or, and probably as, as you progress and mod different things, like you're going to become attached to a specific build of right. your character, but you're not locked into it in in terms of, oh, I'm a hunter. I can only be a hunter and do hunter things. You right. Know? Um, well, even more than that, like even the uh, like the skill attributes of your hunter as a, basically, if you level up all three of the different classes, other than the super, you can kind of get your character very close to each other. Like you could have max out the armor, you could max out the this, or you can max out that. And those were basically the three different choices in Destiny that you could have with each of the three different right. classes. I mean, so. the end result was different. And I'm sure, like, yeah, there's probably an optimum. The thing was, like, in Destiny, they also tied, like, your your defense That's right. number to the level that you are that you have. And so, like, if you have, you know, you can't go into high-level areas unless you have the correct gear. And it's like, I just, I'm still, like, as I think more about it, I know this is getting into, like, a just a Destiny complain session. But the more I think about it, I don't like that system, you know, right. because I like to be able to progress with the gear at my own pace and then have my level separately advance, you know, separately from that because 
then I can still, I can choose, uh, yeah, I know it'll be hard. Yeah. I won't be able to, you know, like really hold my own as well as I could, but I'll go into this level. I'll go into this area uh, that I can access because I'm a right. high enough level. I don't have necessarily the right gear. I mean, it's just like, it's up to you. You know, right. it, it kind of gives you more, more freedom. Um, but yeah, so we did a, one single player. We did some side missions. The side missions are really cool. They just kind of happen with, you know, organically throughout the world. You just show up and there's guys there. Or, yeah. you know, like they, you specifically go to rescue someone right. or go uh, kill a murderer or something like that, you know? Right. You also found... Well, we that also- was a weird thing. Like, there was earlier, I, I think it was uh, it was days before this this happened. Like, the first day that I played, uh-huh. there was... I was hearing some NPCs, some non-playable characters have conversations. They were like, oh, and we keep finding these bodies, and, you know, there's a murderer on the loose and, and all this stuff. And then, I guess it was the third day of the beta, whenever I was playing with you, you got a mission... Um, to go take down this murderer. And so then we went and killed. And so it's like, there's this, this, uh, kind of environmental storytelling aspect where it's like for, for days, this murderer has plagued the city. And, uh, then you find, finally find him and you go take him down, you know? Yeah. And which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was it's cool, like, you know, just the, the things like that that happen where it just feels super organic and, and, super connected um and so it'll be interesting to see like my thing is like okay if if we extrapolate this one mission versus side missions out to every single mission in the game it's like man this is gonna have just tons of side missions Mm -hmm. like a lot of missions which would be really cool like we just did um we did one and we were able to get our that side of the base up to 10 percent. and there's three wings so that one wing got up to 10 percent um completion but then uh, at some other point on the the last night we were playing, I got it up to twenty percent. Really? Yeah, and it was um, it was whenever I I think we went on some more of those side missions, right? And we went to back to like the beginning, like where we started. And I think that gave me like some kind of like enough points for that wing to go buy the the next upgrade. That's interesting. And it it made it twenty percent, but that's the thing. I, we don't even know if if that's really the the true indicator of percentage of story completed we just know that that's completing you know like that's helping rebuild that wing the story is possibly completely separate from that right and because you know once you rebuild it there may be a lot of story after that well i mean and a lot of the areas did feel like they had walled off uh for the beta just a very small chunk of what there is to do and a small chunk of of things that there are and so that was interesting to me as well because whenever you're running around in the dark zone it's like twice as big as it was in this thing you know in in the beta and so that also told me hey there's a lot of things maybe you know maybe not necessarily um so i guess the relating this back to destiny the destiny beta showed about a third of the game which was wild that's a lot this feels third i mean well it only had it didn't have had the entire first planet and then we played like four missions on the moon on the one had, day they opened had, up the moon for a day you had that many missions yeah so you played two of the five, uh, four planets i mean that's silly and a lot of the missions and things no no raid or anything but it was like you would the storyline we were about a third of the way through the storyline by the time the beta was over mm. um and so this has felt like a very 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 limited chunk of what there is to do in the game yeah for um, sure which is which is awesome to me you know i mean i i can kind of compare it to Another Ubisoft game I played the beta for, um, The Crew. Right. And we only played, like, what, one mission on there, and it ended up being yeah. a really big game. 
And so one race, I think. Yeah, one race, one main main race. There were some side races you could go do or whatever, right. and you could you, you could access any of the any of it. Um, man, like I so wanted that game to be good. Yeah, but anyway, that's beside the point. This beta just it just feels like yeah, there's a whole lot to do. Um, whenever the game comes out, and honestly, like the it just feels so good. The combat feels good. The guns feel good when you fire them. Yeah, just how like it seems like if you want to get deep into the RPG elements, you can. But if you don't want to, you don't have to. Yeah. Um. The so it uh, seemed like the mods mattered. Like if you put a different scope on it, you could scope in and oh, yeah. uh, go first person. Yeah. You the, know? the gear matters, but not enough to where it's like you know I can't you know dismantle this stuff or whatever. Right. And choose how you want to play. Like even if there's like a point five percent difference between this gear and this gear, I'm, I chose to not use my highest level gear because I liked the the way this other scope looked like and felt whenever I would scope in. Right. Which, I mean, that all, that all comes into, you have to take that into account. Um, talking about the Dark Zone, we keep referencing it for people who don't know. So, like, there's, this is a basically always connected world in terms of whenever you're in the the, the single player world, like, you can you can team up with, your, with uh, three other friends, but even if you don't, you can see other people who are your friends, like, moving around in the world on your mini-map. You right, which was weird. Yeah, they don't show up in your actual game, which is crazy. But yeah, they show up on your mini-map so you know where they're at, And uh, which I guess it's kind of like... Th- I was trying to think about why that would be important, but this is why, I think. Say I go home, I hop on, um, and I am going to go like kill some like bunch of guys you know, in, in a certain part of the map. And I get over there, I'm like, man, these guys are really giving me a, a tough time. Rather than like trying to pull somebody, a friend who's, or, or say I, I see I see one of my friends from my uh, friends list is, is like three blocks away doing something else. Right. Well, then I can just like be like, hey, man, uh, do you want to, uh, to come over here with these guys? I'll help you with those guys or whatever. And so I think that's the kind of organic play that they kind of want. Right. Because, you know, the, the, for instance, they also d- did this thing in the Dark Zone. Well, I'll explain that in a second whenever. Um, you're you're not in a party. You have your headset on, and you're just talking to each other or whatever. You're in the same team. Right. But then other people in the Dark Zone, as you get closer, can hear you. Right. And and then they can either, like, you know, choose to team up with you or maybe, like... Turn against you. Yeah, turn against you. And so uh, that, that whole thing, like, uh, they really want it to be just, like, this organic thing where you kind of hop in and out of play with people where mm-hmm. you um, you can hear other people playing that you are you might be competing against or something like that. Um, but that being said, it's not hard, like, even if you're way across the map, just to fast travel to... Right. I'm really glad that fast travel's there. Yeah, you couldn't fast travel in the Dark Zone, but fast travel was really unique because other games that are just as large, sometimes it'll just throw... Like, even if you get sucked into a mission, like, or, or join somebody in mid-mission you won't be put right on like you'll put be put way miles away from them so it's not like you can really help out it's just you're kind of oh i'm in their party but it's going to take me about 3 minutes to get to you you know that sort of thing and it would take forever in this map to get yeah. across the map uh, to someone yeah. if you couldn't fast travel to them yeah. so yeah so the dark zone is this pvp area where you go in there and basically you can go in with up to 3 other friends you go fight so four people total. Fight, fight AI enemies. They drop loot, and then you have to evac the loot out, and in order to keep it, um, and that involves going to a an evacuation point. You call for a helicopter. You have to sit there and defend yourself for a minute and a half. Yeah. Then you have to put your gear on the helicopter rope, get it out, maybe defend it again for about 30, 30 seconds, depending on if all members of your team have. 
um, gear on the rope. If, if all, all four members of your team put gear on there, it just evacs immediately. Right. Um, but if if you uh, if not, then you have to do it. The thing is, like you can all you can tell like you know when an evacuation area is uh, being used, so you can just run over there and try to kill the guys if you want to. We did a lot of like it was fun. One of the, the most fun uh, things that happened, I think, uh, we were playing with uh, our friend Aaron Wright and uh, no relation that we know of. <laughs> and we were running around the world and uh, it was just the three of us, right? Yeah, I think it was just the three, three of us. us. Yeah. And there was, this, there was this one guy, I forget what his name was, his gamer tag was. Uh, I, I friended him. I could find it real yeah. quick. Let me see. Uh, we, we, found, uh, we found this guy and he, he just kind of like showed up while we were like killing some of these AI guys in a building, maybe at the library or something like that. Um, and we got some gear. And he just kind of kept following us around from from time to time, and we were like, "Okay, he's cool. He's not gonna like wipe us out or anything. Yeah, he's, he's just chilling. He's not. He's he's yeah. not looking for a fight." And uh, and so we were like, "All right, well, let's just go go get this stuff out of here." So we start running to an evacuation point, and we see that he just kind of breaks off from our group, and then he uh, we see like he just died, and we're like. Oh man! Yeah, somebody like so we we were walking around uh, the block one way, and then we were like, "Wait a second, there's we, some other people over there. There's a big group of people over there." Like that you had can gone see, rogue. yeah, you can see whenever people start shooting other uh, players. So like if they, so if we, I had shot someone else uh, who's an actual human player, I would go rogue, and you go rogue for a certain period of time, and the time duration is basically. Um, the punishment is equal to the crime. So, like, if you <laughs> kill someone, yeah. you gotta run around for like two minutes, three minutes, you know, and uh, and not get shot at and not kill anybody else before you go unrogue. But anyway, so we had seen that. Oh, down this block, some people have just gone rogue. Let's just avoid them altogether and uh, and go around the block the other way. Right. So we ran around the block the other way, but but our friend didn't get the message. Yeah, the uh, the guy who was following us around didn't didn't get the message. I'm trying to find his name here so I can reference him. But so, so he, didn't, he didn't get the message, and so we we saw he was heading that way. We're like, oh man, and then the rogues kill him. And we're like, ah, oh, that's it. <laughs> That's just it. And so we bust out and just run over there. We Maverick ran, Base is his name. Maverick Base. We ran all four of them down and <laughs> killed them for killing Maverick Base because he's on our side. Yeah. He was our buddy at that point, he especially was, after he got killed. Yeah, we were yeah, like, man. oh, man, he, man, okay, you can mess with us. Yeah, because right. not only does it say like whenever somebody dies, but it says who picks up their stuff, like who who killed them and then stole all of their stuff. <laughs> right. And so we're like, oh man, these guys have got to die. So we, we ran them all down in the streets, gunned them down in the streets to pay for killing our friend Maverick Base. Of course. I don't know who this guy is. And again, I friended Could him. Could be a girl. I, I actually think that they're, uh, they're in a, a, different, a different time zone. I think they're like in a different time zone because uh, like every time I've ever seen them, or maybe they just like work uh, odd hours or something, ah. but like they're on in the middle of the night <laughs> every time. <laughs> well, we were on in the middle of the night that night too. That's true. Um, and so, you know, the dark zone is really cool. It just, you know, like it just allows for different kind of play style like it's super super tense because you're like man i'm getting some really cool gear am i gonna get it out i don't know <laughs> the um and the way that it, it i think the entire world works both in the single player and in the dark zone is different um areas will be accessible depending on your level right and as you go further and further away from your base that's when you have to be higher and higher level in order to do that which right. is pretty cool um but then like the dark zone also has like like you have to be in the correct server for your level as well 
Which is nice. Yeah, but I think what it what it kind of creates is like I don't know, well, you know, like if this will have any kind of like in game raid kind of you know mechanic or storylines where it's like yeah, these big, huge, complicated, convoluted um, scenarios that you need to cooperate really well on in order to complete them. I don't know if it will have that, but the Dark Zone I think provides an opportunity for that in terms of if you have to go really far into the Dark Zone. Mm-hmm. To get super high level like gear, the best loot, and then also make it back to an evacuation point, yeah, and get your gear out. Yeah, that makes that like you know, say say this is going to take like an hour to go get good gear and then come back and evac it and defend it because you could possibly just be wiped out and your gear stolen right at the last second. Yeah, at the last second, like I can't imagine what that's going to be like. Yeah. It's gonna be insane. It's gonna be super stressful, especially if there's high level people rolling around the world. Like you can, you can kind of like if you uh, put your, uh, if you aim basically at another player, you can kind of see what level they are, yeah. see kind of what's going on, and the way you know if somebody has loot or not, there's a little bag uh, hanging, like a yellow bag that hangs from your back if you have loot. You can't see what kind of loot it is, right? But you can see, oh, that person has something, and so chances are if somebody's trying to get something out like evac something it's gonna be like at least decent yeah um and so you know that's whenever you run into the stressful situations where somebody runs up on i think we like had had run up on uh some players who were evacing and we didn't know they didn't know what we were doing we didn't know what they were doing we didn't know if if, okay you just have stuff to get out too or if you're here to steal our stuff you know and so that was uh those are always stressful situations you end up with this like kind of standoff yeah, it's interesting. So, all that to say, I'm really pumped about the division. Boom! It, it's, it feels weird that it's almost here because we've been talking about this thing since like 2013. Yeah, and uh, I mean that's just super weird. It's like we've been waiting so long for this game, and almost to the point where I'm like, I didn't even care anymore. Right. Totally. It's like I don't want to hear about this thing. I'm yeah. done. <laughs> you know, whatever. I, if, I, if it comes out, fine. If not, you know. But I'm super pumped that it's coming. I am uh, super excited about playing it. Agreed. Uh, based on this beta, you know, like yeah. this is a, a good move on Ubisoft's part. A really good move because I think it was about a, a two months ago or something. I was kind of in a conversation with you where I said I just didn't know how I felt about it anymore. You know, I, I didn't, you know, at this point I, I had heard um, a decent amount about it, but then I hadn't heard almost anything about the gameplay. So I was like, the gameplay is going to really have to impress me. I really hope I make it into the beta so I can um, try it out beforehand because yeah. that'll be the deciding factor. And again, convinced you know i'm gonna i'm gonna pick it up man it's gonna be great i'm excited about talking about pride and prejudice and zombies later john i know but first stay on topic topic, topic. i can't see you now john oh it's okay chris you don't need to see me <laughs> i have i repositioned my mic so i could uh Lean back in my chair. Yeah, you, you don't need to see me, Chris. You, right. Well, usually you only see, watch, like, see me out of like one eye. Well, that's why I'm seeing you right now. Yeah. Out of one eye. That's okay. It's kind of weird. It's okay. All right. Our stay on topic this week, I want to talk a little bit about The Witness. The Witness. Um, I'm going to be constantly overpronouncing the wh- the, wh- the Witness. Jonathan Blow is the developer who uh, developed this game. It's an indie game. He, he also developed Braid back in the day. And... It's a puzzle game, a line puzzle game. It took uh, seven years to develop and $5 million, which is basically all that he made off of Braid. He poured into getting a staff and making this game. Yeah, which is wild. Great, Getting great reviews. Um, I really want to play it. I like puzzle games. 
I am terrible at puzzle games, but I like them. <laughs> okay, so uh, still so, stuck on Limbo, Chris. I, I'm still stuck on Armor Krog, man. I uh, so it's I, I'm. This is a game that I I would l- almost like to do this game with someone else. Yeah, yeah. Like where the witness, I can, you mean. yeah, the witness. We should where I can ride someone else's knowledge <laughs> through this game. You know, <laughs> see that's the thing is like I just can't break my brain. We should, the correct we should just ways. do it together, and maybe we can like get your brain thinking in terms of maybe puzzle a- abstractly or like in the the way that it'll do. See, I was listening to uh, somebody talk about this game where they were saying that uh, basically they would they would they would do a level or whatever, and if they couldn't solve it, they would just like walk away, like they would leave, but their brain would still work on it, yeah, and then eventually yeah. they would be like, I know what that is, and then they <laughs> would they would come back to it and, and have it. But my brain just doesn't do that, Chris. Yeah, it it never goes Eureka. I it mean, it works says, on it works it on. Says, ah, oh well. Yeah, it's like oh, I'm not playing that anymore. But like, it works on other things, like life situations, or like work, or like mixing, or like creative things, but. Puzzle games, like yeah. it's never like, oh, I know what those three symbols meant. <laughs> yeah, nah. that's amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, for with I'm I'm normally really good at them. Not really good. Okay, I'm normally good at them. Yeah, but uh, like Armor Krog, I'm stuck on. It's like I just don't know what to do. It's just. I just don't know what to do or where to go. Anyway, I'm gonna have to fix that problem. We're not talking about that right now. We're not talking about We're talking that about right the now. witness. The witness. And uh, and so the the part about the witness I want to talk about is. Actually, how much is being pirated? Yeah. So he didn't put any kind of DRM protection on the game, and which so is digital rights management. Once once it was released, it uh, got went up on the uh, the internet net inter, internet the interneb. <laughs> I don't the, know what that is. Chris. The internet. There I was trying to say the interwebs, but then I wanted to switch it and say internet, and yep. it came out interneb. I like it. <laughs> Well, it was plural. It was internebs. Yeah, the internebs. Uh, so it went, it went up on the internet and hit some torrent sites, and it's now yeah. been downloaded. At, it's well over 25,000 times just on Holy one. Holy cow. Um, at one point, Jonathan Blow tweeted out and said, uh, well, let me let me pull up his exact tweet, but he says, says it was number one whenever he was looking at it um, on that particular site. He said, it seems The Witness is the number one game on a certain popular torrent site. Unfortunately, this will not help us afford to make another game Frowny face. Frowny face. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and so if it's been downloaded, uh, it's almost 30,000 times now, it looks like, uh, over. Because the article I'm reading came from, when was this written? This was yesterday, and it was at 28. So I'm sure it's gotten up there. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's over a million dollars. It's almost two, $2 million probably in, uh, let's just, just do the math. Let's do the math, okay? Chris. Right, so the so. game is $40, which we'll discuss that price point in, in a minute, but it's a downloadable game. It's it's $40. Um, and yeah, so what does that All amount right, so to? 28000 which is where it was at yesterday. $28,000. Um, let us just do 28000 just to 28. Uh, times four. Yeah, times my cal- 40. My calculator. Yep, there you go. Okay. Times forty. My calculator was doing some one million one hundred twenty thousand dollars. It's a lot of money, Chris. So I can see why Jonathan Blow is upset. Uh, and in the article, what's interesting is in the article, um, he uh, this is this is an article from Kotaku by Patrick Klepek. Um, he does uh, some good reporting for them. Um, he he gives some caveats and says, you know, yes, a pirated copy isn't equivalent to a lost sale. Right. True. 
just because someone pirates something doesn't mean they were going to go out and buy them. But right. he said uh, uh, some developers have have chimed in and responded to his article, and one of the uh, the the, um, the developers said, "For your quote, does it impact sales?" question. My first indication that we hit a big torrent site is our Steam sales graph taking a dump. So while really? yes, every single torrent slash illegal download doesn't necessarily equal a sale. Well, a lot of them do. And so lot, yeah. like he's definitely losing money off this. So this is the bigger question. Why are people torrenting this game? Um, why was it number one? It's not number one anymore, but why was it number one on that site? And um, you know what? I guess what can we do about it? Quickly, I think that people are, are, are downloading this thing because they're confused by the $40 price point. Okay. You know, we're, we're, we're used to a world in which downloadable digital games cost $20, and games that you buy, AAA games you buy at the store cost $60, and that's it. Yeah. You know, like, if it's a downloadable tile, it's $20 or less. And so, I mean, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But PC gaming, how does, how does PC gaming, it's about the same, right? I mean, I'm just, you know, there isn't like a middle ground really. No, I mean, some games are, but like most games are $20 or less, you know, like the max you're going to pay for a game more, most of the time is $20. And so I think it can be a downloadable game. Well, I mean, PC, you're downloading everything. You're not going out and buying boxed PC games. True. True. The, uh, the interesting thing is the fact that, you know, like this is, um, a a digital only game on consoles as well, and that's but that's that's not that doesn't even really play into the question because console players like PS4 owners can't aren't torrenting this thing. It's right. PC players, you right? Know? So it's it's this is definitely like a PC PC centric question, and it's a question based around like okay, why is a forty dollar price point so abhorrent to a large group of people? And I think mm-hmm. it's just like we we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to figure out as a an industry and as a group of players, like what what a forty dollar game looks like. Yeah, you know, it, if this is what it looks like, that's fine. It apparently like has lot tons of gameplay hours. It's yeah. super robust. It's taken them seven years to make. Yeah, you know, isn't that worth some extra money? Um, yeah. From 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 the player's standpoint and from the developer's st- standpoint, you know, like they've spent a lot of time, money on this thing. They need to make the money back. They want to make enough money to make another game. Like, yeah. It, there's a it's lot supposedly of do- dozens and dozens of hours, and there are actually a lot of sixty dollar games that are uh, like a value proposition is less time investment from the player. Like so, right. you get um, basically more bang for your for your dollar out of this game than some sixty dollar games. Right. So it seems like the distinction that's being made is the, the difference between a AAA major release mm-hmm. and a downloadable indie game indie developer yeah indie, right and so but it, you know i don't necessarily like agree i mean obviously i don't agree with it but like i don't see the 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 reasoning behind well since it's more than i wanted to pay for i'm right. going to download it the, i do see the argument there is an argument for there are no demos for this game right so i want to download it and see if i like it and then i'll buy it whether that actually ends up happening, who knows? But like, I do see that argument, and I'm like, that's legitimate. Like, I don't think that we should have no demos for games like we do now, right? And, and I mean, I've I can't tell you how many games I bought on Xbox 360 because I played the yeah. 20 minute demo, and I'm like, oh man, that was awesome. Yeah. Bye. 
even on my 3ds like with demos like there was uh so fire emblem uh demo and there's a, a number of demos that i've just downloaded because i'm like oh, i'll play i'll play the demo see if i like it see what's up and i found oh I would look at my stats after uh, after Peter and be like, "Oh, I played that five times and spent five hours on the demo. <laughs> Guess I need to d- buy the game because yeah. it seems like it's a it's a it's a good value for my money." You know, it's like, man, that's that's um, it's a no brainer. Like, if you have a demo that more people might attach to your right. game, um, if it's a good game. What's also funny is that Jonathan Blow says that he can tell the difference whenever he's watching streamers whether or not they're playing a legitimate copy or not. So not only are people <laughs> um, are people downloading this illegally, but then they're they're streaming it. Yes, they're they're using it as a uh, as a as a platform yeah. for people to come view their streams and potentially even give them money for well, he, it. Well, he, yeah, exactly. Well, he said that he was watching a stream uh, that had thousands of of viewers that was. Using one of the pirated copy of wow. of the game. Wow. Um, I, I mean, who knows how he can tell? It's probably just like some old code, code or something like that, or like who, or he code, or he may have like coded it in or something. I'm not really sure, but yeah, with no like DRM, I mean, you wonder if like maybe a texture, like certain textures look a little bit different or yeah. something like that. You know, maybe some of the colors or something like that would be slightly off. Right. Yeah. So you know, that, I think that's that's pretty interesting as well. But the, you know, I guess my last point on this is like. The dumb thing is that you know these same people who have torrented this game, they would never walk into a GameStop, pick this game up off the shelves, and True. walk out without paying for it. You know. True. Well, and also like you think about just even the idea of like, oh, this is more expensive than I was anticipating it being, right? Right. But if the vast public were to say, oh, the Hope Diamond costs more than I thought it would, that you know, I'm gonna we'll go walk into the museum and steal it. You know that just doesn't make any sense. You know, just that the 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 leap in logic from this costs more than uh, I anticipated. For that reason, I'm going to steal it. Well, I mean, you know, we don't live in a negotiable society in terms of like I don't go to the the fast food a fast food restaurant and say hey, I want to I don't want to pay five dollars for that burger. I want to pay three. Let me wheel and deal. A little exactly. Bit here. No, it's just like and and so this is not a negotiation. Mm-hmm. Someone sets the price for something and. You're supposed to pay that in order to play it, and right? And I guess if, if the the only way that the price would go down is if nobody bought it, and it's like, well, I guess it was too expensive. Let me bring the price down, you know. Right. And so, but obviously, like you know, this is it's still being it's still a successful game. Like there's they've still made oh, yeah. I mean, so a decent the, amount of money. He's he's said that you know, and without releasing exact numbers and breaking NDAs and all that kind of stuff, in the first week of sales, the witness has already made as much as Braid made in the first year. And you wonder if that accounts for like inflation and things like that as well, or if it's just like the purely like dollar amount. I mean, yeah, I don't know, it was seven years ago, so like I don't think inflation hasn't gone up that much. True. Um, but yeah, like uh, either way, like I don't think it's that that big of a difference. Right. Oh, all that really means though is that like he's made a a lot of money so far, and he's okay. But you know, you think about well, like, well, I mean, what if it was we had another extra million on top of that? You know. Yeah. That, that we've lost in potential sales. Or even if you consider only half of those as actual potential buyers, that's still, you know, uh, a half a million dollars. You know, right, it's, it's right. A, that's a decent chunk of money to put into the next game or to employ the people that work there. Yeah. The other crazy thing that the Kotaku article points out is, is the fact that um, a lot of these, uh, these torrent sites, they have this huge community around them. Like, and people are going as far in the, in the comments and message boards is to be like, you know, complain about 
um, glitches in in the game and want up an update and an update to the an upgrade to, update to the torrent of to the, the illegal the latest version oh my of gosh. the of the game. Wow, yeah, it's insane. People are insane, man. Um, but yeah, like I think you know that this needs to rather than just be like well this passing news that hey it's being torrented a lot and it's be, you know Jonathan blows upset. Um, rightfully so. Yeah. I think this needs to spur on a larger conversation of what are games worth. Let's pay for games like for what they're worth based on um, the quality of the game, not necessarily like is this from a AAA developer right. or is this you know a long campaign? Is this a single player story? Is it a puzzle game? You know, yeah. like if they if they if they are pricing this at forty dollars and believe that the market will pay $40, then, then I should, the market should pay $40. Right. Know? I mean, uh, and so like that's, that also kind of brings up a larger discussion of like game prices as well. Like, because you have, so this is like in the middle ground, right? But game prices haven't moved for a long time. They haven't gone up or down. And you have a lot of games that, um, at the, even the $60 price point, like I said, of varying degrees of like, uh, length and, uh, a lot of times quality. Like yeah. we talk about, we're astounded a lot of times by, especially, you know, the, this latest black ops three, like with, with call of duty, like how much content is in there, how many different modes there are, yeah. how much, uh, basically how much development went into this, this game. Right. And we're astounded by the amount of content that it offers at, the same price point as uh, some sixty dollars games uh, that that have half as much. Well, yeah, or less I mean, than half. let's compare it to like you know to like the order that like came out last year. You know, right. like order order eighteen eighty six that had like a fifteen hour campaign and then that's it. You know, right. and, and it's like and that was sixty dollars, right? Like, or even Alien Isolation, which we reviewed a while back, which we said was actually too long. But a again, lot of you times. know, like I'm not getting into the where I should I should be able to pay what I want for these games. No, no, not at but all. But I'm saying, you know, like we need to. Number one, get away from the one size fits all pricing model right. of twenty dollars for indie games and sixty dollars for AAA developed games. For sure, we need to step away from that. But we also need to like take a look at like, well, like let's get give a game developer what his game is worth. You know, if he, if it's worth if it's a digital indie game that's worth forty dollars, then it's worth forty dollars. Yeah, and. You know, like what is a what is a hundred dollar game look like? You know, like what if someone can develop a game that's worth a hundred dollars? What does that look like? I think that right. we should have the freedom to go that direction as well. Yeah. What is a, a you know we we know what the lower end looks like? You know, two dollar <laughs> mobile games or whatever. Like Steam has sales all the time. You know, yeah. like and and stuff like that. But it's just like, man, like the, a larger diversity of games across a a large price point spectrum would be beneficial to both the developers and to fans. Right. Because, you know, to so say someone produced a $100 game, mm-hmm. people buy it and find out, like, this is not worth $100. They're not going to sell anymore. That, right. The witness is obviously worth $40 or else right. people would not pay for it. Right. Like, I want to buy it right now. You know, like, yeah. if I wasn't playing other games, I would. For so sure. So it's just like... Well, again, like I also think about like the forty dollars price point is just where it starts, you know, because there's going to be sales eventually, maybe a year from now or yeah. whatever. It's going to go on sale. The price is going to go uh, down, especially on PC. Like, there, you know, PC is all about you know flash sales and and Christmas sales and things. So, I mean, it's not like this is this is the end all be all with this game. It's like right. you can wait and pick up this game later, right. you know, for for less expensive probably. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm happy that this is bucking the trend. This is bucking the trend, and it's it's saying this is what a $40 game is. Maybe a lot of other people will, will follow suit, but being the first one, it's definitely, 
I don't know. I don't think he's necessarily the first one, but it's, I think it's just a high-profile game, right? Because people, this is possibly you know, like this was one of the first PS4 games that people saw, right? Which um, actually lends it, like being as high-profile as it is, lends it, yeah, credence to be forty dollars. Yeah, you know, it's like it's it's definitely credible to ask that amount. And, and it would be interesting. Like I would, I mean, I would like to talk to some of these people and be like, hey, why are you pirating this game? You know, right. is, it, is it the price or is it something else? Is yeah. it the, the lack of a demo? Is it yeah. you know something I'm not even thinking about? Yeah. Um, I mean, you never know what goes through the people's heads. heads you so know. If, if you out yeah. there listening to this have pirated this game, yes, no judgment. Tweet at us. <laughs> Tweet at us at Stay on Target Pod. Sure, on Twitter, uh-huh. and uh, tell us why. Tell us why you personally felt the need to pirate this game. <laughs> you can actually go to our website. Probably, I think we still have a contact form up there. That's there a Google, it is. Google Doc. Yeah, it's more anonymous than a yeah. Tweet. It is more anonymous. You Just know? tell us. Just tell us. Just tell us. And, and again, like I said, no judgment. All right, John, it's time to review Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. That's exactly what you just said. Yes, exactly. So, John, we saw this this past uh, Tuesday. We did. And uh, I really liked it. Yeah. This is a fantastic movie. Yeah, so you're just giving things away left and right, Chris. Spoilers for the end of the review. No, 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 no. If we're going to do a spoiler-free part of the review, we can do some spoilers. Absolutely. Uh, um, But, uh, yeah, like... I think this is rated PG-13. Right. Um, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Double check that. It was. I'll, I'll fact check you, but okay. yes, continue. Rated PG-13. Don't let that hang you up, Chris. Right. Well, I just want, I want to say who, who this is appropriate for. Um, PG-13. Uh, it's appropriate for everyone. <laughs> totally kidding. It's not appropriate for everyone. Don't. Was, don't. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Like, literally, like, this was the most fun I've had watching a movie in a while. And... Uh, just because, like, like there was probably not a, not a second went by in this movie that like I wasn't laughing or something like that. Like, but the the crazy thing is, you know, like if you've watched, if you've seen Pride and Prejudice or you've read the book or something like that, like you know the story. And and the crazy thing is, the story is still there, and they they respect the story so much, the Jane Austen story so much, um, that that part just comes across like flawlessly. It is in fact PG thirteen. I can confirm. However, I will say this. Google, and then just like whenever you Google the the movie, you would think that one of the first things there would be the rating, right? Maybe totally not, because like they pull up all of this weird information of like, oh, here's what different sites have given it rating wise, and here's the name, and here's the poster. You would think that somewhere on there the rating would be there. I don't know, it Maybe. wasn't there. I mean, it's 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 just a, it's a thing, you know. It's not necessarily a, a huge deal. No, not, anyway, not a deal breaker by so, any means. So so uh, um. It takes the, the the Jane Austen content super super seriously, but that being said, it does not take itself seriously at all. Yeah, at times, you know, there there are parts of this movie that that feel like um, like a Robin Hood men in tights or like a Princess Bride kind of situation, you right? Know, like the the kind of humor that they're using. You know, there's this is well, this is a slight spoiler, I guess, but there's you know like. I'm letting people. Fast I, I don't know. I don't know if you want to spoil it, Chris. I shouldn't you, spoil it. I don't know. It's, it's just a, it's just that one line I said earlier. Okay, so spoilers. Skip forward 15 seconds. Yeah. So you know, you know, Elizabeth running into the woods, and her dad's like, "Elizabeth, no, don't run into the woods alone." Yep. 
So yeah, I mean, like, and that that was one of the fun fun things about this movie is like off the bat, like I didn't really know what to expect. It's been about it's been about three years, I think, is what I told you since I've seen Pride yeah. and Prejudice, and you're like, ah, oh, it'll come back to you. Yeah. And the funny thing is, it really did come back to me, like yeah, it's because just, it's a classic story, right? Because the, you know this movie is is very similar to to that one, and you know in in that it, it points out a lot of the same kind of serious things, and, and you know has a, the same kind of core love story is it's yeah. there, yeah. Um, but there's also zombies, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, the zombie side of it off the bat, I didn't really know what to expect because the opening scene uh, was a little bit jarring. And so, like, I didn't know what to expect going in. I didn't know whether it was going to be a really, like, gory kind of uh, zombie flick or, like, a, one of the, they're going for the gross factor or whatever. Yeah. And even after the first, like, five or ten minutes, I didn't really know. But then yeah. after that, like, after those first ten minutes, it was, like... It was more creepy and haunting uh, and and funny zombie stuff than it was like gross or like overtly. You it's just know, not gory. Yeah, gory. That's that's, that's really like the only right. what it comes down to. Like it's just right. not gory. There's like uh, one gory moment. Not really even gory. No, no I mean, not really gory. It's a gross. Yeah, it's part, just gross. But yeah, yeah it's there's, just gross. there's not there's not a, a gory part. Um, and, and yeah, it's just like like it has has these aspects of a horror movie. It, right. It has like super a lot of tension in it. There's a couple of there's some jump scares, you know. And but you know at the same time there's lots of comedy. Right. And there's you know like a, a really super serious love story. Like the characters, like the way that the actors portray the characters is, is like. They're totally like, like straight up, like straight laced in this world. Like it's not the one. The one difference between like what I would say like Men in Tights and all that kind of stuff. Like that always always feels like it's played with kind of a a wink and a nod. You yeah, know, like, like you know, kind of the the fourth wall that type yeah. of thing. Like oh, but, but this is like straight up. Like these characters are in the world, and right. this is their world. And it's just, but it's just like it's their honesty and their um, accurate portrayal of of those characters in this world that make it um, a hilarious movie to watch. Yeah. They're totally like, and they're totally sold on the premise and like what's going on and all of the action and the decisions that they make. Um, I will even say like the movie it's, it's, it's really funny and the funny parts it even, um, in some ways, the things that were funny about even Pride and Prejudice, where you're like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe that that situation is taking place." Mm-hmm. Um, th- those same things are are uh, are in this movie, and then they're also kind of blown up in this movie, where it's like they're they're amplified. The yeah. the inherent um, humor of the eras. Um, odd sexism is is even funnier in this movie you know it's, yeah. and so it's they, they kind of poke jabs and poke holes in in, in those types of things it, it, similar to the way the the original Jane Austen does but the Jane Austen movie and, and book go about it in a very serious way and in a very um, you know they put it in the storytelling whereas this they can put it into other aspects like in, in the zombie uh, being warriors versus being you know kind of prim and proper that type of thing right. so yeah yeah all in all, great, uh, great performance all around in yeah. terms of the acting cast. Lily James, she was actually uh, in the live action Cinderella. Um, nice. She's Cinderella in that movie. Um, she was Elizabeth Bennett. Sam Riley was Mr. Darcy. Jack Hudson was George Wickham. Uh, other notable actors and actresses. Lena Hetty was Lady Catherine. Charles Dance was Mr. Bennett. And Matt Smith, Parson Collins. Um, Matt without, Smith without is spoiling anything. Matt Smith was amazing. Yes, yes, definitely, <laughs> definitely a highlight. Yeah, definitely, definitely a highlight. And so you know, it's, it's just it's just a fun movie, man. Like, and that's who I would say. Like, if you're if you're looking for a uh, if if you don't get grossed out, I mean, it's zombies. So like, there's you know, like you know, some 
squishing of the heads and shooting people and stabbing, you know, stuff like that. But so if you're not grossed out by that stuff, yeah, go see this movie. It's not like The Walking Dead at all. Right. It's like you know, super fun, lighthearted kind of uh, comedy, comedic, dramatic love story zombie movie. S- some of the comedies reminded me uh, of uh, the comedies. The comedies. Some of the multiple comedies in this movie <laughs> reminded me a little bit of like uh, was it was Zombieland like that that that, yeah, that type of like that. oh this is a zombie thing but we're not being serious about it like it's it's zombies and they're they're a threat and blah blah well, blah like but the, the situations the is, we get in the characters are being serious about it right but like the movie's not right you know so right yeah right I, I can totally see that for yeah. sure yeah um but yeah eh, eh, dude. The one thing I will say uh, about the movie, like the, they merged the styles of like a romance and an action movie, yeah. pretty well. Like they, uh, pretty yeah. well. Um, so yeah, do you have how, how deep do you want to go before we get into spoilers? I said, I said we just do it. All right, so we'll just do, should we go see this thing? Oh yes, definitely go see it. I agree. Um, definitely go see this movie. Yes. So we're gonna spoil things. Spoiler countdown is gonna go down in five, four, three, two. One, throw out a spoiler. Mr. Wickham is actually a zombie. <gasps> That's so shocking, Chris. I know. Were you shocked by that? Yes. Were you really? I mean, I don't know. I kind of suspected it, but I didn't. I didn't really, he did a good job. Like, they did a good job hiding it by making him go talk to Lady Catherine about it. Yeah. And also, like, I, 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 they, I didn't know if he was a zombie or if he was just manipulating the zombies. Yeah, I, I thought about that too. I thought he might have been like a uh, uh, not a zombie, like so not an undead, but then he was just manipulating them to do whatever he wanted. Right, right. I did like how uh, Darcy um, kind of uh, tricked all those zombies there at the church. Although that was kind of I don't know. I like I don't know how, how I fall on the on the the zombies who drink pigs' brains like scale. Yeah. So I mean, like I'm. Uh, part of me is like not okay with it. And part of me is like, cause like they seemed fairly conscious, Chris. Yeah, I mean, they seemed like they were still people. Yeah. They, they weren't like, uh, they were in a community and they weren't like killing anybody. Well, I, I think that that's what like, you know, the lady who shows up at the beginning, you know, I think she was probably one of those people. Like she was, right. she was coherent and talking and they kind of laid that groundwork early and that like, Oh, well, there's some of these zombies are different, you know, kind of a thing. Right. And right. I actually like, you know, they did a good job with that. I think they, uh, they well, even it. like the zombies that were out to kill you, they were like tricking them halfway through. Like they were getting cleverer. They're, yeah, they were getting smarter, you know. Yeah. But like I think that was probably like, you know, they were probably either being told or taught or controlled by those other zombies. That, True. Yeah, that were a little more uh, uh, coherent. And and so, you know, yeah, I think but I think they did a really good job with that. I think, you know, even from, the, you know, the, I think the one thing that, that kind of throws off the movie, like even from the beginning, kind of like makes you be like, what in the world is this, is the opening scene. It's just like it's so hard, the hardcore. It's just like, and then there's like this, <laughs> this like, snot bubble yeah, on this, yeah, yeah. This zombie's face Ugh. and it's gross and it's just like what is going on but then they bust into this explanation of what's happening and you're like oh this makes sense and then they right. go to you know they're getting ready for the ball and all that kind of stuff I will say man like I was just like it was phenomenal like whenever the, the zombies attack the first time and then like everything goes into slow motion right and, like getting their stuff out I even loved like the whole like they're getting ready for the ball and like putting all their weapons underneath their skirts right. and dresses and stuff like that it's just like this is this is phenomenal. Well, there was definitely an element of like a, a, a Mr. and Mrs. Smith element to yeah, this thing, yeah. you know, where it's like, you know, you saw them prepare for something and then it's like, yeah. it's going to go down. Like action yeah. is going to happen here, you know? Right. So, um, so it's like you get, you get this kind of promise of like, okay, it's going to get crazy in a yeah. bit and then it gets crazy. So the, um, I, I liked the idea that, that they, uh, 
brought in there of the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and you kind of see them, yeah. and they're really creepy, you know, whenever that happens. I like, thought that that was a little bit underutilized, though. Like, I, I almost wanted to know a little bit more about what the heck is going on there. For sure. I did, too. You know, like, and it seems like there was some deep kind of lore there. I don't know. Like, I will say, like, about the movie, like, it did move very fast. And the editing was, like, super, super fast in terms of, like, let's move from this scene to this scene to this scene to this scene. And, like, there's no time to breathe hardly at all. Right. Which is, you know, like, it was still a two-hour movie almost. And so it was like, I see that, you know, like, I see what we need to do. But uh, at the same time, like, I wish we could could have breathed a little bit. But yeah, I, I don't think, you know, yeah. I mean, that... It's it's personal taste, yeah. And this this is not really a, this is not an art film, you know. Right. Like, it's it's not a movie where where you're like, oh, I need lots of room to digest what's going right. on, and you know that sort of thing. But I feel like whenever they needed that room, they gave it that. Like the uh, the romance scene, especially like at the end, I was like, okay. So we've had a lot of humor in this thing. We've had a lot of things that are uh, are funny. We've had a lot of like interjections that are funny. We've had a lot of the, the even the book dialogue delivered in kind of funny ways. Yeah. Um, um, and so I was expecting kind of maybe they were going to like interrupt the, uh, the final love moment, the kiss and the, right, that sort right. of thing with like something funny, yeah. you know? And it's like, they didn't do that. They, they let it, they let it breathe. They let it be a romantic moment. Yeah. And, uh, definitely. I mean, yeah. and so I would say if, of the two movies that merge here, the stronger one is definitely the, uh, the romance, the action. Um, the one critique I would have about the action was the, the final elements, like the final act of the movie where yeah. you have this, this action where we're like building up to the battle with, uh, with, with Bigsby. And it's like, man, I mean, Wickham. Yeah. Sorry. Wickham. Sorry, I'm getting the names all Bigsby. wrong. I don't even know where that name came from, Chris. I just put syllables together, and they came out of my mouth. Um, but anyway, so yeah, the final battle with like Wickham, I was like very kind of underwhelmed by it. Like, yeah. sure, there's this kind of twist where it's like, oh, is Darcy really doing the right <laughs> well, thing it's, here? It's kind of confusing too because like they started fighting and it was dark. Then we go, we flash over to the uh, to the yeah um, the bridge, right. and it's like kind of getting light. And then we flash back to them fighting again, and it's like fully yeah, it's bright definitely daytime. light. And, and you're, you're like, like, how long we've we been fighting in this spot? Yeah, we were still having the same sword fight. Seriously, for hours. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> like, I will. The other, I, I did. I, you know, I told you earlier. Like, if I was going to level a criticism at this movie, yeah, the, the editing was a little fast, but like, I can get by past that. If I was yeah. going to level a criticism, it would be that the action scenes and fight scenes in this movie are not the greatest. Like the. The best one was the the fight scene between Elizabeth and Darcy right. inside Mr. Collins's house, and um, that was a, a phenomenal fight scene. And, and honestly, like that was the one that needed to be the the best anyway. Yeah. Um, the other ones don't really necessarily have to lend themselves to like great fight scenes, you right? Know? And this isn't the raid or the raid two, which we still need to watch, John. Oh my together. gosh, Chris. Um, and so. I, I can forgive it for that, but like that's my my main criticism is like right. okay for a a movie about fighting zombies and they're supposed to be these elite trained assassins trained in China and Japan and all this kind of stuff. It's like they didn't really showcase it that much, you know. Even right. like early on the the scenes, you know, whenever, whenever they uh, the zombies attack there at the dance. Um, the fights just kind of like okay, you know, like you yeah, don't like see even most the, the slow mo, you're kind of like some of that. Uh, I, I kind of wonder though if it was just to keep it underneath an R rating, you know, so they didn't maybe. hit R, you yeah. know. 
I don't I mean, know. But it could, like in, in my mind, if you take um, even like something on the CW or like Arrow or, or whatever true. and take some of their fight scenes, like they're choreographed yeah. really, really well. Yeah. So um, I mean, it just shows that, you know, like, yeah, they didn't really like, they didn't shoot this properly to be right. a, a good fight scene. They didn't um, block it off and choreograph it the way that they should necessarily. So, right. you know, it's kind of weird for a movie that kind of revolves around that to not focus on that. But that's but, my only criticism. But really. again, as strong as, uh, as, the other side of that movie is as strong as the the romance <laughs> and the the pride and prejudice and merging it with this hilarious uh, concept is it the action didn't necessarily need to carry the whole film right um, so I guess I, the only critique I mean I didn't necessarily think early on like oh this action isn't great or whatever um, I mainly just missed like the the ending I was like man we had a better action scene like. 40 minutes ago and like this is supposed to be the moment however the bridge sequence was very emotional and it was very like it was a cool moment I thought Darcy was dead man because me too I'm like oh man they just shook it up and killed Darcy. <laughs> yeah, dude. Dang. I really thought like that was gonna be it, and like that maybe there's gonna be a, a scene we we come back up and it's like years later or something yeah. like that, yeah, and yeah. Then she's still like a warrior. And yeah, I mean, it's like it, you can you can do this any number of ways. I'm glad they did it the way they did it, but I really thought he was dead too, man. Yeah. So that was the moment. That was the the biggest moment. And honestly. Maybe leaving out a big action sequence right before that, it was good to make that stronger, to yeah. make that the moment. They definitely left this open for a sequel, and I kind of hope we get it because, like, yeah. this, this movie, like, and the movie felt this way. And I, mean, I read, I read the book as well, but like, they both feel, you know, it's very smashed together. Where it's like these are two things, like two separate things, and they are just kind of smashed together. Yeah. it'd be interesting to see what they do with more cohesive. Like, okay, let's create this from scratch to be, exist in this world, you know, kind of movie, right? Um, I mean, Mr. Wickham came back, uh, so uh, he's he's not dead. I'm like, this is my other thing. I was, oh, like, we didn't see him die. <laughs> no, well, she Elizabeth comes up and kicks him with his horse with her horse. I'm like. Well, he couldn't like take two seconds to put a sword through his head so he doesn't come back and lead these zombies. Yeah, like, I mean, couldn't the horse have just stepped on his head real quick and grief. like we're we're good there? Um, but yeah, dude, the uh, the idea of a sequel sounds great to me, but I just wonder, I just wonder what could it. What could it like? Hopefully, it wouldn't yeah. lose that uh, Pride and Prejudice side because again, this Agreed. is this is definitely two sides of a of a story, and the, the smash up is kind of the well. That's part, part the of the best part. What makes it work is the fact that it's this classic love story that everyone knows and appreciates, and it stood the test of time. And it's a great right. story, right? And then you like throw these other elements into it, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's a really fun movie. I I, I appreciated uh, that they they took a lot of like the sequences of dialogue that they literally took directly from Pride and Prejudice, yeah. and they they brought them in into scenes that were like fight scenes or like they're training. Um, yeah. uh, the sisters were training at the beginning, and they're like you know fighting and and then the uh, like you said that you mentioned the the, the Darcy fight, yeah. um, uh, Elizabeth and Darcy, and it was super emotional in oh, the middle of this fight scene, and it's like it, it, it was <laughs> it was believable and it was just a a you know it it didn't. It made me smile. Like I yeah. mean, it didn't didn't uh, make it super serious. It didn't make it right. uh, really slow or, or really fast or anything. It didn't seem out of place. It was totally natural. I was that's, like, this is such a weird thing. That's the thing. Like I I, I laugh. I, I can't reiterate enough. Like I laughed so much in this movie in a good way, not in a like you know like there's just a joke a minute. It was just like this is so much fun. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> this is awesome. It was just a fantastic movie. Well, and so we mentioned before uh, before the spoiler section, we we mentioned Matt Smith and yeah. uh, and and uh, Parson Collins and and the 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 
he kind of steals steals some of the show like yeah. in in the middle portion of the movie like um whenever he's introduced it's it, it's in the most hilarious way and a lot of his his dialogue is is uh, the same as it is uh from the 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 book and the movies you know where it's like he's just himself like you're here right. standing over breakfast and he's literally discussing you know right. let's uh, uh you know which daughter am i gonna marry oh she's the pretty one. Oh, i can't marry the pretty one i'm gonna marry the, the second prettiest one even though she doesn't really want to you know and like this whole whole thing he takes it in such a such a uh kind of uh wink and a smile kind of way where it's just like he owns the character right. of the, just this this misogynistic crazy guy you know who well, just doesn't doesn't consider other people's feelings the, you know yeah like the funny thing about that is the other characters play their play the characters like pretty true to how they are in in the books oh yeah um with the exception of the zombie killing but <laughs> mr collins is exaggerated to such an insane and crazy level that it's just like this is outrageous right. but hilarious at the right. same time cuz like in the books he's little, he's more awkward than right. um than than that you know like he's still forward right and still you know really uh he doesn't he, he's not he's kind of socially awkward right um but not not to this extent right. you know not to the extent where he's just like out out uh <laughs> outright um offensive <laughs> right and uh and so like yeah because if i remember correctly like in the book and then the movie it's like it's more like did he say what i think he just said yeah. are they discussing this right and yeah. like then you're like yeah i think so but in this you're like oh my gosh <laughs> you're just like shocked um and i i love it like i, I loved that aspect of it bringing yeah. in uh bringing in his character in that way <laughs> which just helps the tone of the movie it helped uh helped the point and and showed how outrageous this entire premise is yeah you know yeah for real it was so good man it's yeah. so good i had a lot of fun you, yeah. ready, you ready to rate this thing i am ready to rate this thing all right what do you rate this i'm gonna rate this a solid eight i'm gonna give this i, I was i was leaning toward an 8.5 okay John. I, I was I'm I'm nodding up to the eight point five, yes. Chris. Like, it's, well, we don't it, have to agree. It, I know, I know, but I'm I'm thinking like it's one of those movies where it's like, give me some time and it might go up in yeah. my mind just because this, it's like it's so unique. Is, I'm gonna watch this thing again, yeah, and again and again. <laughs> absolutely it's gonna be one of those movies i think the like i said the only real issue that i had with it was the action thing you know yeah, it's like yeah. you, you know and 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 that's the only thing that's kind of bringing down the score a little bit it's, yeah. it's a really good movie yeah really good movie yeah well that's it for this week thank you for listening to this episode of stay on target we'll be back next week at, uh, i think we're actually reviewing deadpool next week boom and uh so to stay tuned for that uh you can review us and subscribe on itunes stitcher google play and tune in radio. Yeah. Tune in. That's radio. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 how did I say it? Tune in radio. You that's can, what I said. I can, put it all one word. You can find us on Twitter at ChrisWright250. And John Wright 777 And at Stay Pod. Um, this week, uh, we actually uh, were behind a little bit on Arrow on Target and yeah. Flash on Target since since you were sick. I was sick. Yeah. There was a lot of things that happened in the last two weeks yeah. or so, so we'll have to catch up. Yes. Um, so so stay tuned for uh, for some Arrow on Target and Flash on Target um, at some point in the future. Yes. And, uh, and yeah. Cool. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay, stay on, on Target. target.